Hi everyone, thanks for joining us on Pivotal Conversations. I'm Jeff Kelly. Most enterprises start their cloud-native journeys with lots of enthusiasm and big plans, but reality often sets in when they try to scale transformations by modernizing hundreds, sometimes thousands of legacy applications. The biggest digital transformation roadblock, it's a lack of cloud-native skills, says HCL's Alan Flower. In this episode of Pivotal Conversations, Alan chats with Dormain and myself and share some tips and strategies for overcoming the cloud-native skills gap. Enjoy. Okay, so Alan, you mentioned that um, you know, you, you've yet to see a, a cloud-native transformation go faster than expected, and it's, there's a common theme coming up again and again. Tell us about this. Well, the common theme, of course, is, is, is hopefully pretty straightforward, really, you know, Domain. It's, it, it comes down to skill. It, it, it's quite surprising, isn't it? I mean, we, we see so many large enterprises around the world today kind of try and accelerate their, their cloud journey. And, and for many of these organizations, of course, they've been on a, a cloud kind of path for, for quite a few years. There's an mm-hmm. extreme level of comfort around, around cloud, but we, we, we need to appreciate that now, in many organizations, cloud initially meant something completely different. It was a replacement data center. It was, it was infrastructure, you know, in particular. And now that clients are coming around for a, a second pass, a second go, their aspiration is to become probably what we would call a cloud-native enterprise. They're looking to reinvent, you know, their key processes uh, around the cloud. They want to enable kind of cloud technologies in their, in their solutions. And clearly, they want to build new software that takes advantage of, of all of that, too. And along with all of that, they need to figure out what to do with their existing estate. You know, they want to migrate to cloud. They want to modernize, uh, you know, along the way. And clearly, you know, a lot of companies have got some very kind of extreme ambitions around, around cloud native, which is, which is hugely reassuring, of course. It's, it's yeah. so good to see so many companies have this kind of level of kind of aspiration. Everyone starts this journey with, with huge intent. And we, we see everyone make initial very rapid kind of progress. They, they all get out the door. Mm-hmm. pretty quickly they'll train up an initial cohort of people the enthusiasm will spread and then someone sort of decides to step on the gas and kind of just turn the volume up uh, around this particular cloud journey and uh, that, that of course is where we see so much frustration you know everyone has you know quite typically hundreds thousands of applications that they want to either replatform or or modernize for cloud and it starts to get unstuck pretty quickly when they realize that they simply don't have the skill and the capability to kind of fulfill their ambition. And we, we see this absolutely everywhere. I don't think we have a single client anywhere on the planet who is going faster than expected. Everyone's going pretty quickly, but it gets very, very difficult indeed when you start to look at more than a handful of applications. And we've got clients with 10, 15,000 apps that they want to take on a cloud native journey. That is an incredible undertaking. What are some of the the kind of the early uh, signs that you're sort of you're going from the smooth pavements to um, like the 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 rockier pavement? I just I have this very vivid memory of 17 years old driving in Costa Rica, and the road was beautifully paved. I was like, oh, this is great because I was not a super confident driver, especially to be in a foreign country, and then. And then I kind of noticed, it was like, oh, suddenly I got a bit gravelly. And then we're going along and we pass the paving truck. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I start looking ahead. It's like, what's that on the road? It's like, like dark spots on the road. And there were giant potholes, like basketball-sized 
potholes that I was suddenly having to weave around. And of course you have to like massively decelerate. So this is my analogy that I've just come up with right now, which is that driving on that road in process of being repaved. So, but there was that moment when it, we, we hadn't gone straight from smooth paving to potholes. There was this kind of like, you know, they hadn't actually put the final layer on. So it was, it wasn't too bad, but it was kind of rough going. It was like a little loose. Yeah, so let, let me rephrase that. Let, let's just say, at what point did the wheels come off? <laughs> well, I would think that the, that's the pothole section of the road. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, you're actually uh, like, absolutely. oh, we broke an axle. Uh, and I guess the, uh, yeah, I guess the warning signs uh, are, are that after some initial success on your cloud native journey, let's say you've, you know, you've implemented uh, Pivotal Cloud Foundry PS or maybe, well, maybe PKS, of course, and you're pretty excited by what you find. And then you decide that you might as well take the whole company uh, on this journey. And, you know, we, 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 we do a lot of these, you know, clients will say, look, you know, we're very happy with the uh, direction we're taking. Now, can you look at everything that we've got and take it on a cloud journey? And you might go from five applications to 500 or, or 5,000. And if you're not careful, if you jump in too deep too soon and everyone thinks this is quite a straightforward process, all I've got to do is line my applications up and, and just work through them, that's when it gets a little bit tricky because if you don't understand what treatments you might want to apply to your applications, if you don't understand what the destination is for each application, if you haven't really thought through what you should be doing with your global portfolio, it can get quite interesting quite quickly because people can very easily assume that, let's say, we'll, we'll refactor and modernize everything. Maybe we'll containerize everything and put it into Coup, for example. It's very easy to completely underestimate the, the scale and the difficulty of, of the journey. And none of these tasks need be particularly difficult, of course, so long as you've got the people who understand how to do them. Ah, that's the key part at the end. You made it sound so simple, but uh, is it that simple? Uh, so what, so what, what kind of strategies have you seen, I guess, both internally at HCL in terms of enabling your own people, uh, as well as at some of your customers? Well, maybe, we, maybe we can start with HCL and then we can go into some customer examples as well. Well, you know, one of the challenges for HCL, of course, Jeff, is we have to service hundreds and hundreds of clients um, around the world. I can never predict what any one client will need from a, from a capability perspective. We, we have to ensure, a bit like yourselves, we have to ensure that our people really are best of breed and, and can cover you know, all of the bases. So you know, the journey for us is perhaps you know, a lot more complex than it is for, you know, for many clients, but you, you, you have to make a number of predictions, don't you? You can look at sort of technology trends, you can look at your own strategy, you can see what you're consuming, you can see what clients will consume over time as well. You know, you could water this down and quite simply say, look, it's pretty obvious. Uh, we need the ability to write cloud-native code. We need the ability to modernize existing solutions so that they can, uh, you know, to a certain extent, become cloud-native, you know, too. We need the ability to design and build and deploy cloud-native environments. So that could be Pivotal Cloud Foundry. It could be Pivotal Container Services, uh, you know, for example. Uh, we need the ability to operate those advanced environments because hopefully we all understand when you take a cloud native journey, you're going to change the way that you govern and operate your estate, of course, um, you know, along the way. So that entire spectrum of knowing how to design and build the environment, knowing what treatments uh, you might need to apply to your applications, 
uh, knowing what uh, you know the execution environment might be when you you've built and deployed this this new environment. You you can look at that kind of spectrum of kind of capability and steps that you need to undertake, and you know try and plan your kind of skills acquisition to to support it. And certainly that's what we've been doing inside of HCL. I mean, we we've got best part of about one hundred thirty thousand uh, engineers uh, in in our particular company. So everything from developers to operators to architects and everything um, you know in between so you know we, we we realize of course as indeed many large organizations realize that you you have to set up this sort of center of competence you have to have this sort of coe which is trying to go, govern the journey you have to have that ability to show your entire organization what good looks like so that they can hopefully you know emulate it you, you want to try and steer them uh, along the journey too so we we've set up you know we've set, set ourselves on this journey uh, in, inside of HCL. It's been quite an interesting one, really, because like any other organization, you have plenty of people who are chomping at the bit. Maybe they've self-skilled themselves, they're ready to go. Uh, and then you have lots and lots of people who kind of need a bit of a push and you, you, you want to kind of help them sort of, you know, accelerate their, you know, their journey too. So we see, we probably see all extremes in, inside of our, uh, you know, organization. You know, what, what we're trying to do, of course, is ensure that when, when people start work on, on, a, on a cloud native project, that they're, they're paired up with someone who's done that before. You know, that we want people to learn from kind of hands-on sharing of, of best of breed uh, approaches. So we, we know that coaching and mentoring is, is a large part of, I think, anyone's kind of cloud native you know, journey. We also recognize as well, and this is hugely important, that you have to do far more than just train people. You know, you can give people as much education as you like, but if they can't deploy it hands-on, if you can't make that kind of learning habitual, then it becomes a major, major challenge. And we see this more, as indeed I think a lot of organizations would see, is, is more of a cultural transformation. It's a combination of giving people, you know, the technical skill uh, and ability, but you, you also want them to adopt what I would call the, the right cultural thinking. You, you want them to apply that training uh, in, in the right way. You know, we've realized that one of the best approaches is to ensure that as you train people, you deploy them onto a project that's already working in this way. You know, we, we pair people up with engineers who've been working in this way for the last few years, for example. It then becomes a, it becomes habitual, you know, far, you know, far quicker. So now you mentioned kind of setting up a, a center of, of competence as, as an important step in this journey. And and a, you know, a number of other practices like pairing and, and hands-on activities, you know, can you walk us through um, sort of, a, is there a winning recipe in terms of when and how much and who should be leading this type of um, kind of enablement transformation that you've seen, whether it's in customers or inside HCL? Well, our approach inside HCL was firstly, we, we, we decided to, to put ownership of the cultural transformation inside of our cloud native labs. So the cloud native labs inside of HCL, this is our kind of global center of excellence, all things to do with Cloud Foundry and Kubernetes, for example, which is sit inside the lab. So we've got that hard core of skill. We've also got that hard core of kind of experience deploying these environments with, with clients too. So that, that for us is where we've kind of put the, the center of gravity around enabling uh, the organization. And, and just to, just to clarify what that means is there's some, you know, of this 
like 130,000 engineering strong organization, there's a couple of locations, like specific locations where it's now set up to operate in a, a, a specialized environment called your cloud native labs. Well, absolutely. We, we, we did the first one in London, uh, mm -hmm. you know, last year. Um, New York is just about to open as well. So we've got a brand new lab in, in Manhattan. And of course, there, there's India too, in, in our large sort of um, uh, campus in Noida, just outside of Delhi. We've got our third cloud native lab as well. So we, from our perspective, we've got that kind of geo center of gravity, center of competence uh, available across uh, across the globe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, within, within our labs, we, 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 we own our curriculum, if you like. We, we've created our, our own unique curriculum that suits the needs of, of HCL. We realize as well that as, as we build our own curriculum to enable you know, our, our own large organization, that it, it actually met the needs of many of our clients as well. So we, we've had the added benefit of, as we've, as we've taught ourselves how to do cloud native um, the right way, we, we've learned a lot of things that we can share with clients quite readily today. So we, we've had this added, added benefit that our center of excellence internally is now delivering this capability to, capability to our clients as well uh, around the globe. So as we, as we build a curriculum that works for us, and you know, we, we can talk a little bit about that curriculum in terms of kind of the direction it takes and, of course, where, where the training comes from, you know, we, we realize that, you know, like in a perfect world, uh, business would stop for a few months and we packaged everyone up and we would send them away for, for training and enablement. You know, whether we send them to, to Pivot or to do PAL, and of course a lot of us have done PAL, uh, in a perfect world everyone would just stop what they're doing and go off and get themselves retrained. But clearly we live in an imperfect world, uh, no one can do this. So we, we've structured a curriculum that allows people to learn on the job it allows people to go off and do formal education. And, and really importantly for us, it allows people to do what we would call offline self-paced training as well, because we recognize in, in any large organization, people learn at different speeds, of course, and, it, and in different ways. So we, we have that combination of learning on the job. So you can be coached by someone who's been on this journey before. You can go off and do a formal class. Or, of course, you can consume the material in your own time uh, in a self-paced uh, in a self-paced way so we, we we've we, we've created a curriculum that we can i would describe it as modular you know we, we can customize and kind of reassemble the modules to suit the needs of of any individual or indeed any uh, any department within our organization so we, we have these standard modules kind of ready to go um, and then as i said we can deploy them in different ways whether it's on site or indeed you know delivered um, you know remotely so we, we, we have a curriculum that has quite, a, you know, quite an enormous range of modules you know, within it. And just some examples, you know, for a lot of people, the journey might start at, the, at what I would call the initial kind of cultural end of the spectrum. So a good example, of course, would be you know, anyone who's been a pivotal customer for, for any period of time knows that extreme programming, pairing in particular, is one of the key kind of elements of a, a kind of a pivotal uh, you know, environment. So... We, we start with some of the cultural basics, you know, sometimes we have to sort of provide uh, an introduction maybe to Agile and Lean for, for some developers, but, but XP, you know, extreme programming, pairing in particular, is really at the heart of, I think, anyone's cloud native, you know, journey. Hmm. Uh, within HCL, 
we, we decided quite some time ago that we would fully adopt the, the pivotal methodology when it came to software engineering, um, you know, in particular. So anyone, of course, familiar with, with XP, pairing, balance teams, will, will find exactly the same kind of structure and capability uh, in, inside of HCL. Uh, not everyone knows how to do this, of course. You know, it's, it's quite a niche set of skills. So, you know, our curriculum starts with that kind of more elementary kind of cultural introduction around XP, uh, maybe an agile refresher too. And then, of course, we, you know, as, as the journey progresses, we want to take people through what we would call the formal technical training too. So this may mean um, teaching developers how to write 12, 15, 16 factor code. So, you know, the cloud native developer, Pathway is a very common one uh, inside of HCL. We also recognize that the needs of architects, of course, uh, are, are somewhat different. So we, we have a modified pathway for architects. Let's not forget the sysadmins and the operators. They, they need a completely different set of education too. Uh, maybe like yourselves, we recognize that the, the approach to system reliability engineering that originated with Google uh, has evolved to become a PRE, a platform reliability engineering uh, based approach. We, we follow that too. So we, we have an element of our curriculum that sort of supports the needs of, of operations uh, folks too. Then I would also add the needs of, of business leaders too. We, we have a separate approach for managers and leaders within our organization. We want to make sure that people can think in, in the correct way, even if they're not a technical, um, you know, hands-on uh, engineer, we, we need the leadership too to have this kind of cloud native and sort of digital understanding, you know, too. So long story cut very short, we, we have this very extensive curriculum that has a number of journeys across it, whether you're a developer, an architect, an operations person, or indeed a business uh, leader. We have to have that ability to mix and match modules to suit the needs of each, um, you know, individual. And then, of course, we, we need to find the content. We need to find the, the training material that is kind of best of breed. Uh, what we do inside HCL today, uh, as you're probably aware, we, we've sent quite a large number of people through uh, Platform Acceleration Lab, PAL. So um, that, that's an interesting journey, I think, for you know, more senior uh, architects within any uh, you know, organization. We, we consume a fair bit of, of Pivotal training and uh, you know and, and content we've also originated quite a lot of training material uh, ourselves and a lot of companies do this of course they they, they see a, a unique gap that they need to fill themselves so we have created uh, our own material and then of course we consume a lot of material from across um, the industry uh, we use a lot of material from the cloud foundry foundation we, we, we quite like uh, their approach Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of material out there from, from various providers and we, we simply weave it together into a, a, a journey that suits um, the roles within uh, our organization. And the interesting thing is, is as we've shared our journey with, with our clients around the world, how much kind of commonality exists there. I mean, everyone has the same challenge in terms of, I, I know exactly where I'm going, uh, but I've got 10, 15, 20, 35, 40, 50,000 people that, that, that I want to enable to take the journey. How do I create a kind of a training pathway for such a large number of people that suits so many different roles within my organization? And, and that for us is why the modular approach seems to work quite so well. Rather than having one monolithic uh, slab of education, we would rather weave it together to suit the needs of, uh, of each individual. 
Yeah, and something that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, one thing that I'm trying to picture, like how this works, right? You, you mentioned that there's okay opportunities to pair. Um, there's opportunities to, to sort of go take a formal class as well as sort of do something self-paced. But th- you have to think about how does that all fit in with the, the day-to-day work that someone's doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, HCL is a little bit different in, from a lot of other what you would think of as kind of um, systems integrators out there where it's not necessarily going from project to project. There's, there's long-term co-engineering work that you guys do. And so it, it's probably a lot more similar to, in terms of like, you know, you're, you can't just wait for someone to be like between, mm. you know, uh, assignments and say, oh, great, this is the time we'll slot you in for this kind of training. You're, you're going to have to figure out, just like most people who have their regular full-time employees, like there is no point when the work is stopped. It's your, you know, your, this is your, your, your product. Um, of course, they probably don't have the product mentality about it yet, but this is, you know, your day-to-day job. So when do you find the time? So I'm curious, how do you, how do you kind of figure out how to introduce, you know, those pairing opportunities as well as, you know, what, how do you give folks the permission um, or empower their managers to give them the permission to take the time to say like, when it, go, go take a week off to go do a, in classroom training or, um, you know, go make sure that you, you take two hours a day to do your self paced course or whatever it is. So how do you kind of weave that in when folks are on these long-term co-engineering projects that there's no gap in sight, right? Cause that's, I think something that a lot of folks will find familiar. Yeah, well, it needs a lot of careful management, of course. And I, I think one thing in our favour is is the fact that we we are such a, I guess, focused product engineer and organisation. So we, we, we appreciate that we, we have to have the latest skill. We have to be able to work in a certain way. And we, we certainly need a workforce that are that are hugely competent you know, in, in this space. So from, from, a, from a leadership perspective, you know, there, there's, a, there's an acceptance, I think, I think, from everyone that they want their teams to be fully enabled. Uh, in, in this space, you know, that, that helps, uh, you know, enormously. If I just think as an example, we, we just wrapped up a course last week, actually, Domain. We, we did one in, uh, in India for, for a team over there where you, you have a very, very solid um, cloud engineering team that were just wrapping up one project, really just get, getting ready to start, to start the next. They, they wanted to build this project uh, using Pivotal Technologies, of course, and, and they want to ensure that they can hit the ground running uh, on, on day one. Now, what we had to do here, of course, was, was two things, really. Firstly, craft a, a, a curriculum that suits the needs of, of the particular team. To do that, of course, we, we like to speak to the developers, understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, understand what they're going to be doing, so that we can ensure that we, we, we just cover the things that they, uh, that they might need to focus on you know, going forwards. The second thing, of course, we, we, we need to do is, 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 is get them in a room, get, get them all together so that we can give them a kind of a, an accelerated journey. But, but we appreciate before we bring them together in a the room, there's a lot of self-paced material that people would probably prefer to work through uh, beforehand. Now, we, 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 we can run a, a very condensed cloud-native developer class uh, with an HCL. It typically leads to certification. So we, we put our developers through Cloud Foundry uh, certification. 
So what we're trying to do is, is accelerate that kind of um, makeover as, as quickly as possible, give people the opportunity to kind of bring themselves up to a certain level you know, independently. Now, internally, depending on the kind of the experience of, of, of an existing developer, we, we may give you up to approximately 80 hours of self-paced learning hmm. before we, we, we bring you together into a classroom. And, and when we bring you into that classroom, you know, boy, um, you're going to hit the ground running. It, it, it's not elementary stuff at all. We, we assume, I mean, we're, we're somewhat lucky, of course. I mean, we, we've got a lot of hugely experienced engineers to start with. We're, we're not teaching them from scratch. But if we take an existing sort of cloud, uh, you know, developer, uh, and we want to ensure that they can work in the pivotal way, uh, we're going to give them a quite a large amount of pre-reading to do, as I said, up to 80 hours, which is quite a large uh, undertaking. Uh, we help an individual find the time, of course, to, to work, where, work their way through that. And when, when we get them in class, of course, um, we're going to have a very, very focused, hands-on uh, session. We want to ensure that people in particular can apply XP in the right way. If you've trained anyone on pairing techniques, for example, you realize you can't do that in a self-paced way. You have to get people ideally uh, in a room. You can do it remotely, but, but quite frankly, if you're going to do it properly, do it, do, it, do it in a room together. So when we do finally bring people together, uh, we really want to focus on XP, make sure that everyone can apply pairing techniques um, you know, in the right way. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we get everyone ready for uh, certification. Um, I've mentioned already that our, our preference right now is to take people through the Cloud Foundry Certified Developer um, approach. Uh, that's good for us because we, 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 we engineer or we, we code in many different languages. Whilst we have a huge focus on, on, on Java, uh, .NET 2, it's not the only language. Mm -hmm. So for us, a certification approach that supports multiple languages is, is hugely beneficial uh, across HCL. So, um, as I said, we, we, we try and sort of combine a mixture of quite extensive self-paced material with a very, very intense classroom experience at the end of, that, uh, end of that journey. Our hope, you see, is probably within about two to three months, we want to get an experienced engineer fully up to speed on, on Pivotal Cloud Foundry uh, in particular. They probably already know how to write cloud-native code, but we want to make sure they do it uh, you know, in, in, in a pivotal sort of themed way, um, you know, in particular, make sure that they're hugely comfortable and confident on things like Pivotal Cloud Services, um, um, Spring Boot, for example. So how, um, how far and wide across uh, the HCL organization have you been able to sort of take this method and, and, you know, get folks either all the way through to certification or, um, you know, at least down, started down this path and, you know, at least engaged in some of this, the self-paced learning? Well, we, 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 we've been lucky. Uh, we, we've been lucky because we, we tend to find that good engineers want to self-educate anyway, right? So we, we haven't needed to do much push in Ashley Domain, that there's been a ready sort of audience of thousands of developers who, who want to sign up and take this journey. That, that helps enormously. And come on, you know, any of us who've been developers for any length of time, uh, we like to climb mountains, don't we? We, we? we like to build our skills. We like to ensure that we're, we're, we're hugely confident. So we're, um, we're, we're lucky. We're very fortunate that we have so many people who, who want to take the journey. Uh, we have leadership 
who are enthused and motivated to ensure that they can deploy best of breed teams. That, that's hugely important to us. And let's not forget that a large part of our business is developing world-class products for clients all over the world. We, we, we have to do uh, an exceptional job. So clearly we want to make sure that our people have, have exceptional skills you know, as, as well. In, in terms of the journey that we're taking at HCL, we, we've been able to get this into every corner, every nook and cranny uh, of, of the organization, which is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it has its challenges, of course. You know, people need to find the time. Uh, motivation, you know, for some might be an issue, but hopefully for many it's, it's not. People want to do this. Uh, and we tend to find because of that, uh, simply the self-paced, you know, approach seems to suit a large number of people uh, inside HCL. You know, people want to get stuck in. They want to improve their skills. They, they want to be deployed onto cool and exciting projects as quickly uh, as, as quickly as possible. So um, it's been an interesting journey. I mean, we, we've certainly got a long way to go. We've got such a large community of engineers you know, in the company to, uh, you know, to cover. I, I think one of the, you know, the important realizations for us as well is, 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 is the sort of importance of certification, some way of, of people being able to sort of uh, prove to themselves that they've met or they, they've achieved a certain level of, of, of training. Uh, we do put people to task when we, when we do project work, of course. You know, we like to think, like, like anyone else, that uh, you know, our peers are, are hugely competent. So there, there's a lot of peer pressure to perform mm -hmm. but we've also noticed recently an interest in certification from from some individuals knowing that they've that they've got that cloud foundry sort of tick in the box is, is important to a lot of these people too yeah well that makes sense that's interesting and then you know as you are kind of talking to other organizations and clients who are going down this path um you know what what have you seen there in terms of starting to make headway on you know transforming the 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 people side of things and enabling their their engineers and their organization um any success stories you can share even if anonymized about folks that have started to take these these steps yeah, yeah. They, they well in terms of you know that interest in self-paced and that interest in um certification and whatnot yeah, it's interesting. Not not everyone's interested in certification. I mean, I've mentioned that a lot of our people, you know, quite enjoy that option. But um, you know, in clients, it's perhaps not quite so important. You know, with many clients, when when they have their own community of engineers, uh, you know, to enable, they they like control uh, on the process. You know, there are common patterns that we've seen absolutely everywhere, and I can't really think of any exceptions, you know, to this. Most clients consider themselves very weak on what I would call the cultural kind of methodologies around XP and, and pairing uh, in, in particular. Uh, I, I can't think of a single client that hasn't helped, hasn't asked us to enable that part of the journey in particular. You know, it, it, it's, it's, and again, if you're, if you're a new Pivotal customer, if you're adopting PCF for the first time, you're, you're going to get this introduction from Pivotal in particular, aren't you? They'll be shown... Uh, perhaps a completely new way to engineering your, your software development you know, process. Uh, you've probably been given an introduction to, to XP and, and, and pairing uh, along the way. Uh, the early signs are always very encouraging. So all of our clients have seen at a very early stage the way that sort of XP pairing in particular 
um, should be applied. And, and hence, they're coming to us to say, look, we, we've had an early sort of taste of this. Um, we now want to sort of take this uh, a lot further and deeper you know, into our organization. So everywhere we look, we see this interest in XP uh, and, and pairing. Um, so that, 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 that is a very common you know, request. Where it then gets interesting, of course, is when, when clients sort of discuss what sort of hands-on skill they feel they need in, from, from a technology and product you know, perspective. Um, a lot of clients sometimes assume that every developer on the planet already knows how to build cloud-native code. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost table stakes in, in some organizations. The reality, of course, is, is, is completely different. Okay? Uh, having written code on a cloud project is completely different to writing cloud-native you know, code, of course. So uh, that, that's one area in particular where clients need quite a lot of guidance to understand what good might need to look like you know, for, uh, you know, for them. Um, when we look at some of the other skills that are hugely useful, particularly when kind of migrating to, to cloud-native, domain-driven design you know, is, is another area where you know, we, we have some clients who, who, who know absolutely nothing about these techniques and how to apply them, so they, they will come to us and ask those to be designed into a curriculum for them. Uh, I was with a client recently who said, no, that's, that's table stakes. We, we assume that everyone that we hire knows how to do DDD. So it, it does vary from, you know, from client to client. But the, the interesting thing is the, you know, the recognition that to, be sort of, uh, to take a successful cloud-native journey, you, you've got to be able to apply these kind of cultural you know, techniques. So you know, master an XP, uh, knowing how to use DDD when it makes sense to, you know, to do so. Just broad kind of appetite for, for learning uh, you know, in, that, in, in that space. So what are some of the some of the other challenges that customers should be aware of? So we mentioned, generally speaking, be aware that training is a big component. We've talked about the most recognized that the cultural component is where they are fairly weak. Are there any other common issues you come up, come up against uh, when working with customers, things they should keep an eye out for? Well, here's a really obvious one that every client doesn't really consider. No one budgets for the training and cultural transformation. You know, we're also very focused on acquiring the technology, the product that we want to um, embed within our organization. Sometimes we overlook the sheer enormity of the task to, 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 give, you know, to give our people the, the cultural skills to, to make use of that, that, that product. And we, we talk about enabling a cloud-native journey, you know, both for ourselves and our clients. And, and Jeff, and, you know, look, if you've got a community of 10, 15, 20,000 developers, and that, that's not unusual, you know, in, in the world today, you know, often when, when a client takes a pivotal journey, they might only focus on a relatively small number of people to start with. It might be 10 or 20 people get the, the full kind of experience that, um, you know, is so important to, to support the pivotal journey. How, how do I fund the journey for the other 10,000 people? Okay, I've done the first 10. What about the other 10,000? And, and clearly, it, it's not affordable. To, to send everyone on a gold-plated experience. We're, we're not going to bust the whole company off for weeks at a time to, um, you know, to, be, to be shown this. So we, you know, we, we have to be pragma- pragmatic. We, we have to weave uh, a journey for organization that, that lets them invest in a certain way that, that suits them. Uh, and you know, to, to answer the question in terms of what do many clients overlook, you know, many clients just simply overlook the cost and enormity of the challenge. You know, I, they, they all have this 
great vision, which we fully support. They want to become a cloud-native enterprise. They want to ensure that everyone in their organization is writing code in the right way. They want to modernize their existing portfolios. They want to operate their estate in, in a completely different way. That is a huge undertaking, right? You know, retraining 10,000 people, it's not something that you're going to achieve you know, overnight. You need to think about how long you're going to allow for this journey to be successful. Clearly, you need to think about how you're going to budget for this journey as well. And there's, there's a lot that can be done there to make it more affordable. And just, just one observation that we've, we've found ourselves, you know, the, the general quality of uh, online material is, is, is getting exceptionally high now. Right? And there's also a lot of very affordable, if not free, uh, material available as well. So it's possible for organizations to, you know, to get quite some way without this being too fearsome from a, from a cost perspective. But, but in very general terms, I, I think a lot of people, when they take this cloud-native journey, they, they see the early success, which we would expect, of course. Their vision gets a lot more colorful. They, they have a huge amount of ambition for their organization. Uh, and it, it just needs a lot of preparation to align the organization with, with where you want this journey to take you. So, and that brings up a good question around, you know, how to budget, like folks, I get it, like they're not budgeting for it. And that's part of the problem is, does it, is it something that makes sense where it's like, okay, well, you know, just you look at the entire population and you assign a, a dollar amount to each person and it's like, okay, well, that's, that's how we come up with our number. Or do you come at it from kind of a, a program's perspective and you fund a group that's then go out like out there tasked with taking folks through some kind of education and enablement journey. And, you know, then you just measure that group based on, well, how many people did you get through the program? I mean, I can see it kind of going, one, one's a little bit more organic and one's a little bit more structured. You know, what do you see working for folks um, better? Yeah, I mean, ultimately for a large organization, it's going to come down to cost per head, okay? Someone somewhere in the organization needs to know how much it will cost to enable their team to, to take this journey. But you're, but you're correct. I mean, a, a cost-effective approach for, for many larger organizations to take, of course, is, is build your own training capability. You know, let, let's enable a sort of a train-the-trainer type uh, approach. Let's help you build your curriculum for, for your organization. Let's enable a team to then deliver that uh, across your organization as uh, as cost effectively as possible. Well, it strikes me there's, uh, I mean, there's budgeting challenges when you think about cloud native software to begin with, right? So versus a, a more traditional waterfall type approach where you budget it all up front and you mm -hmm. kind of plan everything out in minute detail, or, whereas with cloud native software and you're iterating over time, how do you, that's, a, that's a challenge and how you budget that, you need to think differently about that. And I guess it shouldn't be surprising that similarly you have to think about how do you budget for training for these kinds of things as well. Yeah, it's all part of the journey, isn't it, Jeff? Really, I mean, when you you know, ideally, you know, when clients uh, adopt a, a platform like, like like PCF, for example, you know, there it's typically a strategic investment, isn't it? You know, you're doing it for all the right reasons. Um, you know that it's going to enable that, that that particular set of outcomes that you you aspire to. Okay, whether it's in terms of efficiency, speed, agility, you know, whatever, you know, we, we, we all kind of buy into this vision um, and, and we want the journey clearly to be, to be a successful one. It, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it, to, you know, from the outset understand 
how much effort is involved to make that journey uh, a, a successful one. I mean, just as an example, you know, we've got a few clients who will say, you know, look, we've, we, we've adopted Pivotal Cloud Foundry as our strategic platform, you know, going forwards. Uh, we've got 5,000 applications. Um, can you tell us how long is it going to take? And it's just not a straightforward, you know, question to answer, is it? In, in, in terms of the, you know, enormity, the magnitude of the journey. And, and in the same way, that when, when someone asks us to sort of take 5,000 applications on a cloud native journey, you, you have to do an awful lot of analysis and assessment to kind of work out the sort of the particular treatment plan that, that any given application is going to take. The same approach also holds true when you look at sort of enabling your workforce to, to support this journey too. You'll, you'll spot certain key roles that have a certain amount of commonality, you know, behind them. It, it is possible, you know, to look at this on a role-by-role -role basis and, and then try and put some numbers, uh, you know, behind it, behind it. But at the end of the day, every individual is unique. And, and in the same way that anyone migrating a huge portfolio of apps to, to the PCF, is going to dig inside each application to work out you know, the effort, the cost, you know, the duration. We, we do the same thing with every individual. You know, we, we, inside of HCL, before anyone takes this cloud-native journey, we're, we're going to interview them. We're going to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. We'll understand what their role is. And we, you know, we, we've got pretty good at kind of estimating the effort you know, for, for each individual to, you know, to take this journey. And it's, it's, it's clearly a challenge, you know, when you're trying to do that with tens of tens of thousands of engineers, it's, uh, it can be a little bit of an inexact science from, from time to time, but we, we do recognize, you know, a certain number of repeating patterns that kind of make it uh, somewhat easier for, our, uh, for ourselves. Well, that's kind of an interesting analogy to, to leave off then. And the, you know, talking to our app transformation team here internally, they use like snap analysis. Yep against a particular application, right? Um, but then when you step back and look at the entire estate, um, and this is something we don't really do at Pivotal, but, but partners like HCL do, which is, you know, one of those is like the, the time analysis, right? Like, uh, you know, what do I tolerate versus invest? Um, and, and so you're, you're sort of suggesting you have to kind of do the same thing for the workforce. You've got to do the, the time analysis type of, you know, view that looking at everything and understand the big roles, like what are we, you know, what kind of roles are we going to create and invest in and which ones are we going to probably try and grow people out of. Um, but then you have to do the individual snap analysis with individual interviews. Is that a fair... You, and you can't, you can't avoid that. I mean, you can automate it, you know, to a certain extent, but, it, but there's, there's no substitute for speaking to the individual to understand, you know, what are their aspirations? You know, what, what is their motivation for this journey? You know, how excited are they to be taking this journey? Because that, 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 that counts for an awful lot. And, you know, during this uh, initial sort of stage of the journey, you know, domain where we're, we're talking to an individual, understanding what their background is, their skills, we, we can very quickly map that to the journey that we're on uh, as an organization. And, you know, as I said, you know, once we understand their role and their existing strengths, we can quickly swap them in to a certain sort of pathway uh, within our sort of enablement, uh, you know, program. But we, we, we do make sort of dynamic course adjustments along the way because you know, you, you'll have plenty of individuals who are, they're so fired up, 
to be taking this journey that you you just can't hold them back and and sometimes you know you'll find that a particular training journey that we expect maybe to take two months for an individual two or three weeks later she or he has come back and said look i've done it you know and you know i'm ready for more so we yeah. we have to make those dynamic adjustments of course um which is good i mean it's always hugely reassuring when you see people so enthused to be working with this yeah well it's i mean that kind of almost comes back to your you know, your iteration plans, right, this week or this two-week sprint, whatever we're doing, but from a people perspective, it's like, well, you know, it's, instead of that story took less time than we expected, that that person's development took less time. So yeah. what are we going to do for them next? So as a, as a manager, kind of doing those iteration plans, is a, that's what I'm taking away from it, at least. Maybe I'm going bonker balls here, but, you know, I'm still adjusting to the, to the time zone change, uh, <laughs> on an early call with the UK. Um, okay. Well, so if folks want to kind of learn more, follow you, uh, where can they, where can they kind of continue to hear about what you're up to? Um, what HCL is up to, what do you recommend is, is where folks find and follow? Well, I mean, a couple of immediate recommendations I'd make, of course, was just come and visit the HCL, you know, website, take a look at our cloud native pages. You'll, you'll see a lot of guidance, uh, you know, there. Uh, we all tweet all of the time. Uh, of course, you'll find us on social media, hopefully, uh, you know, in, in, in abundance. Um, and coming to visit the labs, is that something that folks can do? Um, and Yeah, you know, this is really interesting, actually, Domain, because, you know, quite, quite uniquely, we think in the industry, we've set our labs up for customer consumption. And in particular, we, we use our labs as a showcase. So customers can and do give us a call, come in and sort of experience an HCL labs uh, environment if you would like to see. So what does a pivotal enabled kind of lab look like? You know, if I was to set one of these up myself, you know, if I wanted to sort of create the COE, center of excellence inside my, organi uh, my own organization, uh, where can I see this working? You can come in uh, to an HCL, you know, cloud native lab. The other thing that, you know, is, is hugely important to, to a lot of clients is, you know, you appreciate today that the, the environment that, cli uh, that clients need to support is, is hugely complex and sophisticated, you know, hybrid multi-cloud environments. How do I train and enable my workforce to not just build, you know, good cloud native code, but deploy it and of course operate it in, in all of these environments too. That's the other reason why these labs exist, of course, to show clients the reality behind this. If clients would like to see uh, Pivotal Cloud Foundry, PAS, PKS, operating in a Pivotal optimized hybrid environment, perhaps on Dell PRA equipment, uh, connected to a multi-cloud estate, configured in a production way, uh, of course, an HCL Cloud Native Lab is the best place to, to get that exposure. And we would uh, love to share this with, uh, with all of our clients and, of course, um, any of your listeners, too. And uh, come in and we'll share with you how we enable our workforce, too. Yeah, I think having the, uh, the physical space set up um, when I was in London last fall, got to take a sneak peek at the, the London lab. And, and so, um, yeah, I think that's a great way for folks to, to sort of check it out. Um, so thank you. You're more than welcome. And we look forward to seeing you again in London, of course, to me. At least in November for the next RabbitMQ Summit, of course. We will, invite right. you to the opening. we will invite you to the opening of Manhattan in a few weeks then. 
Well, that's an easier flight. So I think I'll take you up on that. Um, great to talk to you as always, Alan. Um, thanks again. And this was a really interesting to, way to think about transforming the workforce. Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you.